Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Lindsey Patterson, Mike Santagata. Mike, what is up? I'm just wondering, what are the merits of moving your Christmas tree versus taking it down? Okay, I'm just here to say that I wanted to keep this Christmas tree up until the football season ended for the Cincinnati Bengals. And then I decided, you know what? I do like my Christmas tree up because sometimes I just want the lights on the tree and it brings joy during dark times of the off season. And I might just keep it up all season long to be determined. We'll see if it, if it's up there the rest of the season until uh, September kickoff, maybe. I just feel like if I was going to move it, I might as well just take it down. I don't know. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I like to make things harder than easy. So uh, we're just going to keep it up back there. And yeah, I like my Christmas tree up. I'm never going to take it down. But how are you doing? Not great. I'm sick. So we talked about that. But just to let the listeners know that the reason I sound terrible is I'm sick. Yeah, please feel sorry for Mike right now. He's just, he's getting through it. Not COVID. I'm still batting a thousand on being one of the few non-COVID people, but that is good news. Still sucks. <laughs> being still sick, sucks. top top five worst things that happen in life. You know, you know what else just isn't really awesome or just Twitter alone last week when it comes to the T Higgins rumors. I feel like people just run with an article and they don't even read it. They take a screenshot of it and then they put it in their own words and it's retweets and photoshops. And we've kind of joked about it before with T Higgins and what this offseason could look like. I have no doubt that T Higgins is going to be a Cincinnati Bengal next year. I honestly feel good about saying he'll be a Bengal the following year. After that, I don't know what that looks like. But I know internally the Cincinnati Bengals want to look to extend T. Higgins. I don't think that's going to happen this offseason. But that would be a huge surprise and great for this team. And they still think they can do it this offseason, even though Joe Burrow is going to be number one on the list when it comes to contract extensions. But what do you make of just social media on this T. Higgins stuff? the Dov Kleiman report thing that he read Paul Daner's opinion article about, well, the Bengals could trade T if T's asking price is outrageous because of whatever, which I already think is like, you, you cover the Bengals. The last time they traded a starting player never happened on draft night. Only one I could find 
Keith Rivers, 2012 for a fifth round pick. And I was just like, no, I mean, like, that's like, a, yeah, he was a high pick, but he was kind of disappointment after the injury type thing. They were probably moving on anyway. Um, they don't, they're not moving on from T. I would be legitimately shocked if he's traded instead of kept the next year. Because right or wrong, like you could say it's the wrong move because maybe you can get a couple first round picks or something. They don't trade these guys the year before. They're not the Patriots like we're going to trade this guy while his values at its highest type situation. They hold on. And then if negotiations break down, they'll probably even still tag him like they did Jesse Bates and let him play it out and then get the third round comp pick. The only way I could see them trading him, even on the tag in a couple of years, like the only way I see him trading him is if like he doesn't want to play because then you get a Carson Palmer type situation. Uh, but yeah, they're not going to trade him. That, that's just the Bengals don't do business that way. I would just, I would be legitimately shocked if T Higgins isn't a Bengal next season or even the year after, because I think some people have put into the idea that like, well, trade him because you can get uh, you know, all these picks and stuff, but the Bengals Super Bowl window is at its widest right now. And what you do by trading T. Higgins, even for like the first round, the first overall pick, that that won't happen because that pick's gonna be very overrated. And if you're not getting a quarterback, but who's better year one? Who's better? Year one, Jalen Carter, Will Anderson, whoever, or T. Higgins. It's T. Yeah. Because he's he's like a top 10-ish wide receiver. Jalen Carter's could be awesome, but look at all of the high draft picks. Unless you get Sauce Gardner, you're probably not ecstatic about losing. You're probably not getting a better, sorry, you're probably not getting a better player year one when you're talking about a super window that right now is at its widest. So I kind of fall into that of why trade him when you have the Super Bowl window right now versus uh, holding on. But no, I, I agree with that. And the thing is, the front office has even talked about that before. Duke Tobin has mentioned it. And I'm I'm paraphrasing a little bit of the quote here, but he had said he's not trying to make other rosters better. And if you give someone T Higgins and an unknown first round pick, it's just not worth the value. And what T Higgins brings to this offense is absolutely huge. When they were without Jamar Chase and they went three and one, uh, you, you you needed a guy like T. Higgins out there, or you look at the game against Kansas City. I know they didn't win, but you still have a chance because T. Higgins and Jamar Chase are out there when Tyler Boyd goes down. This team is really good at drafting wide receivers, but it's still extremely important to keep T. on this on this roster, and he isn't going anywhere. I feel very confident in saying that. And the thing is, if you're going to do a Photoshop of T. Higgins, at least get his number correct for next year. He's number five. Feels like none of these people even know what number he's going to be uh, next season, and I just I think it's just such a waste of time, and it's absolutely crazy. I I hate when people with big followings make this something that it's not, and it's not realistic. Even Dan Orlovsky, who I really enjoy on NFL Live, he retweeted it like, "Oh, you got to make that offer." I want to say Chicago, and I'm like, "Come on, you can't you can't buy into this stuff. It, it's false." It isn't happening. I know how people feel about who T. Higgins' agent is. Uh, but look, the Bengals are known for for paying their wide receivers and their quarterbacks. And I know that this is the core that we even talked about on a couple podcasts ago. If you were to look at the core of the Cincinnati Bengals on offense, you would say Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and T. Higgins. Uh, they're two number one receivers, and you're not trying to get rid of them right now. And as you mentioned, you're in, you're in your window. 
Um, and you have these next two years before it really starts to get on the books when it comes to some of these contract extensions. So I don't know. It was just it was kind of annoying. I was I was over that news on uh, Thursday and, and Friday, what took up social media when it comes to just outside stories and not people internally. And as you mentioned, that was a Paul Daner opinion piece. It wasn't any facts or anything like that. Just kind of like, hey, if this happens. Maybe this is a possibility. But Tegan's going to play for the team next year. He's going to be wearing number five when they're playing at Paycor Stadium, when they're on the road. Uh, he's going to be a huge part of this offense next year. And I just – I need people to stop making up things. The thing that made me mad was uh, Dov put it report as his first thing. So already it was an opinion piece. It wasn't a report and then said the Bengals could trade T because his asking price is whatever, which paints T in a bad light Yeah, as if he's asking outrageous money. We don't know that. And then also puts into the idea that the Bengals are looking to trade him, which I don't think anybody is saying. And then I'd also look at um, Paul mentions, I think who the Titans and Minnesota as yeah. as his reasons why that could happen. The Titans got worse, like much worse. The Packers got much GM. worse. Yeah, they, the, the Titans lost their GM over that. Uh, I mean, the only team that I think made that trade and stayed the same was the Chiefs. They traded mm -hmm. Tyreek Hill and they're able to maintain offensive efficiency like that. But they tried to extend him first. <laughs> they didn't trade him because they were like, eh, who needs wide receivers? It wasn't a wide receivers don't matter thing. It was a, uh, well, he doesn't want to be here. <laughs> so if you get to the point where T doesn't want to be here, but he's cost controlled. He's just so cheap since he was a second round pick for this year. And then even next year on the tag, it's not great, but hopefully you work out an extension and then the money doesn't hit for a few years. So yeah, it made me upset because it wasn't just like, I don't care about other teams making the photoshops and doing this yeah. and getting excited. It just means you got a good player. But uh, the thing that made me upset was it was reported. He made it into a report and made it seem as if T was asking outrageous money type. Thing. It just felt like slimy. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus and then he got the whole, he said the Atlantic and it was the athletic. And he just kept all the tweets up after he apologized for the work that he did on social media. I'm like, no, if you, if you make something like that, you just delete it. But no, he wanted those interactions and retweets and it was just absolutely silly, but internally, uh, no, that is not what's happening behind the scenes. And the thing is, I want to make this really quick point when there is discussions because of the comparisons of Jesse Bates and T Higgins having the same agent, the Bengals, no offense to Jesse Bates, 
but they're going to value T Higgins a little higher than they did Jesse Bates when it comes to the number and guaranteed money and what that contract's going to look like when it's the wide receiver and safety. So those are two different conversations. And at the end of the day, if the Bengals give them a good number, guess who's going to sign on the dotted line. And sometimes the player is going to make that decision on who they want to play with. I mean, I, I don't think I'd want to be leaving Joe Burrow anytime soon, especially if the money's there. Yeah. Uh, I think the agent handles a lot of that, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, eventually you can, as a player, uh, make that case, but we don't know anything. I don't even know like how deep these talks have gone with them, where they are, anything like that. I don't think there's been any report either side about T is asking for too much or the Bengals aren't willing to pay him what he's worth. It seems middle of the road. I don't know. Maybe they haven't even talked that much because they're worried about Joe first. Yeah, no, I agree. And who knows? And and we'll hear more as, as that gets closer. Maybe this is more of a next offseason thing, which definitely feels like that when it comes to contract extensions. Looks like number nine is going to be the number one priority uh, going into the rest of this offseason. We'll move on to wide receivers. T. Higgins, one of his favorite players, A.J. Green. <clears throat> Announced his retirement on Instagram yesterday. AJ Green actually started the post with not a man of many words. And, and he was always like that in Cincinnati. And unfortunately, I think about this Bengals team over the last two years. And you can think about AJ Green and, and his prime and what he was. And unfortunately, at the end of his career in Cincinnati, it was the franchise tag, the injuries, and everything just kind of caught up with him when we never really got to see the AJ Green we saw in his prime. And I always think about these two years in Cincinnati. And if I could pick a few players that I wish were on the roster right now, playing at their best ball, AJ Green would always be, be one of them and uh, kind of bittersweet for him to announce the retirement, but definitely understand he's at that point in his career. It's cool. His last game, he caught a high point touchdown, uh, made a couple guys miss. That was awesome. I, I remember seeing that it was week 18 meaningless game, David Blau at quarterback. The great trivia with AJ Green is who threw his first touchdown, Bruce Gradkowski, because Dalton got hurt during the game and the broadcast only caught half of it because it was a quick snap. And then who threw his last touchdown, David Blau. <laughs> it's like not neither, neither one are going to be names anybody remembers going forward. But yeah, I mean, AJ was in his prime. I think he had a strong case as one of the if not the best wide receiver in the league. Uh, he was on an offense that I don't think threw the ball the same amount as some other ones. So his productivity didn't always hit the same levels and he didn't have the quarterback play of some other players, but he was awesome. Uh, the turf toe, it felt like that kind of just derailed the career almost. Um, he was on like a hall of fame level trajectory, always getting a thousand yards in a pro bowl every single year. And then, it just the injuries crept up, it felt like. Uh, but always gonna be one of my favorites. His game in 2016 against the New York Jets, I think, is the one I always think of with him because it was Darrell Revis versus AJ Green. And AJ had a had a home on Revis Island. <laughs> it was payback too over uh the um Revis and the Chad thing in 2009, where it felt like that was kind of the end of Chad and then. AJ was like, all right, full circle. This is the end of Darrell Revis. Yeah, 
I mean, he was just an, always a classic guy. I mean, I remember when he was first drafted in 2011, I was an intern at the time and I was going down to Georgetown camp and I'm like, what am I doing down here? I have no clue how to work this recorder. And I think AJ Green and Andy Dalton were two of my first interviews down there. And he's always just been such a nice guy and, and a class act. And one of the things about him, you know, of course, I wish, you know, his season or his career could have ended in Cincinnati, but good for him to go to Arizona for a few years. Last Super Bowl season, he, again, not a big social media guy. He rarely posts on his Instagram, but he had to put it on his story when the kick went through and the Bengals punched a ticket to the Super Bowl. And the first thing he said was, I had to get back on my Instagram and activate it because, you know, I'm so happy for all the fans in the city of Cincinnati, the, the, the team, they're a bunch of ballers uh, when they were going to the Super Bowl. And, and you think about it because, I mean, AJ was so close to being on that roster. I know it, was going, it, was, it wasn't the same AJ Green, so it definitely made sense to move on from him uh, with, you know, the contract talks and it just, it just didn't work out. And I think you bring up a good point that the turf toe really kind of just turned things in a different direction, but I just thought of him and, and was like, Oh man, just a class act. And I think, you know, the hall of fame conversation, it's, it's going to be a complicating one. Um, you know, it's going to be hard for him to get into the hall. I, I, I'd like to be surprised. Maybe he does get in the hall of fame one day, but the ring of honor definitely seems likely to be determined on when that's going to look like for the outlook of that for the Cincinnati franchise. But uh, just an overall class act and Cincinnati's just good at getting those wide receivers. Definitely when you pick in the top five to top 10, you're going to get a, get a, a few gems, but, um, but I, I was happy that, you know, he spent most of his career here and, and always just a joy to be around. Yeah. They don't seem to draft too many uh, J Justin Blackman types. They, they seem to hit the AJ green Jabbar chase type. So it's cool. He's definitely a ring of honor member. Uh, we're, that would be, but for wide receivers and he doesn't have all the stats to hit it. He didn't make the all decade team. I don't think he has any first team all pros. He has some second teams. So it, when you stack the case that way, and then you look at like a Julio Jones and all these other guys that have the accolades, it's going to be tough for him to beat those guys. And then you hope he could sneak in. Um, I think that we're, we're at the end of the segment, but, I think Geno Atkins might have the better case just because he did make the all-decade team and he has a couple first-team all-pros, but they are a little bit similar. Yeah, Georgia guys. Uh, maybe one of them maybe one of them gets in. But, uh, but yeah, we wish AJ all the best. And uh, next we're going to get to all of the work you're doing behind the scenes this offseason. You're already watching the tape, getting those draft prospects next on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.